Um, so it's good to be here. Um, I thank our hospitality person and, and the committee. Paul picked us up at the airport with a great big little sign for us that said Denise and Dave. It was all sparkly, and I like sparkly, so I was like, yay, Paul, that was good. And then Danielle was so helpful with our emails, and that, that's the way we conversed the whole time. And um, I got to see some of my old friends here, Sue and Marge, and talked to Marge all along the way, too. And um, I'm like, ah, how did I get here? But here I am. And then Judy's out there, too. So um, it's good to be here. So I'm here to, to share my story um, and what brought me to al and what keeps me here and what happened and um, how it is today. Um, okay, I'll start with, with, with my name's Denise. I'm a grateful member of this fellowship, al and um, um, I, I grew up, I, I'm the middle child. Um, I had an older brother and a sister, and then I also had a younger sister. Um, my older brother and sister are about 10 years older than us, so um, we kind of had like two little families there. The oldest, and then me and my, my younger sister were three years of difference in age. Um, so we had a really good childhood. We, we, we did everything we want. My dad gave us whatever we wanted. My mom was the disciplinarian, so she taught us manners and, and how to be clean and neat, and uh, she taught us how to behave, and, and, and she made sure that we knew right from wrong, and, and, and she just, that was what she did, you know. And, and we, by having three girls, um, we followed all those rules, and, and we knew exactly what to do and how things should be in order. So I was very orderly as a kid. Um, I, as we lived on a street that was a narrow street, of, and um, I didn't know anything about alcoholism. We didn't have alcohol in our home. Um, we had alcohol in the, in the china closet that came out on Christmas and maybe holidays, New Year's. Um, but it always went in and came out. It went in and came out. There was always the same bottles that kind of went in and out. Um, my, mother, my mother didn't drink. Every, uh, on holidays, she would sip off of that bottle of Manischewitz that was always in the cabin. It was always in the china closet. So that's, she said it would help her blood. So she would get a little bit of that on the holidays. And I don't know if it expired, but it was kind of always there. Um, so I didn't really know about alcoholics, alcoholism. Um, but the street that I lived on, we had several homes where um, there was some alcoholism there. Um, some of these alcoholics, as my mom would call them, drunkards at the time. That was the term she used, drunkard. And um, the kids, we would laugh because the alcoholics in the neighborhood would, would come stumbling up the street, and, and we didn't really know what to do. We would just laugh at them, and then they'd go on into their homes, and next thing you know, there'd be a fight, and they'd be out on the porch, and we would just all stand around and watch what was going on. We didn't know that by him coming home drunk, this is the next step. We didn't realize, we didn't even put two and two together, that's what was going on. But that's what, what my image was of um, drinking, um, alcoholism, um, and, and that's kind of my perception of what I saw of an alcoholic. I mean, there were a couple families like that. There were a few bars on the corners. Um, but basically, it was a working-class neighborhood. Um, as kids, we played a lot. We had fun. Um, I was, um, I got interested in comedy right away, and I was just mesmerized by Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis, old musicals. Um, I used to sing and dance and just had a good old time. I was just a fun kid. I, I like I said, my father gave us pretty much whatever we wanted, and um, we hugged, and we just smiled, and we were just a happy family at the time. Um, as, a, as When I got into high school, um, I was pretty active. I became a 
a majorette, so I got to wear one of those little skirts and with the boots, and I was pretty popular. Um, I also joined the singing group, and I was just really active, and I had friends that were, um, some of them were really bad, and some of them were really good, so I had all sorts of friends growing up, and I could kind of hang out with all of them, um, but I always knew my limitations, I always knew my limitations as a teenager, and um, so I really got along with a lot of people, and, and my attitude was, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just having fun. So I, I really had a good high school year, um, and um, I, I, but I, when I met my alcoholic, it wasn't that we really ever were introduced. We grew up in the same neighborhood, and so a lot of us kids, we knew each other. Uh, so one day he came over and um, asked me to go to the prom with him. Um, now, from what I understood, he had a, a girlfriend at the time, but he asked me to go to the prom with him. And um, so I, I don't know what happened there, but I, I said yes. I said yes. <laughs> said, yes, I would go with them. So we went to that prom, and um, we had a really good time, you know, and, and uh, we went with another couple. So from that prom, we just kind of started hanging out all the time. He would always come around. Um, he would come over and, and see us, and he would eat dinner with us, and then he would hang around, and he would help my mom do stuff, and he was just always there. He also had a job uh, where he worked construction with his dad. So he would drive through the neighborhood, and, and he would be dirty, just dirty. You know, he had construction boots on, and he was um, just really messy. And my dad thought that he was not respectful of me coming around looking like that. But my mom just loved him. You know, she said, that is a hard-working man, and she just loved that man because he, she could see that he was, he was a good guy. Um, so he would come around and sit on the step with me, pass through. He had a loud, noisy car, and he always had loud, noisy cars. Um, and he'd come speeding through the block, and, you know, it was just really exciting, you know. And, and, and he also, he, he smoked, and he drank, and, and he had these loud cars, and he was fast, and he zipped through the neighborhood. And, and it was just a little narrow street. You could only get one car going through. But he would zoom through the street, and then he would stop at my house and, and sit on the step with me, and then we, we would date. That's how we dated. We did that for um, a while until we got married. Um, but like I said, my mom liked him. My dad thought he needed to be cleaned up, and um, so that's when I started doing it. I started cleaning him up. <laughs> he, was, he, um, he would, he would, <laughs> he would take me by his house and introduce me to. He had five sisters and a brother, and uh, there was an alcoholism in his house, and and the house was always it was always kind of messy, you know, it was just messy and. And he would come to my house, and everything was so orderly. And I, um, I started doing his laundry for him, like right around, right away. You know, we didn't <laughs> we didn't have a washing machine at home, so we would have to go to the laundromat. So on laundromat day, you know, I call him up and tell him it was laundromat day. So um, we I'd take his laundry and I'd take him to the laundromat, and I'd fold him up all nice and neat, and I'd send him back home. So. I, I was already starting to, like, wield my, you know, just kind of web of, of cleanliness for him. That's what I was starting to do. So, uh, another thing, you know, even though um, I didn't smoke, I, I used to light the cigarettes for him. And I don't know where that came from, but uh, I started doing that. So we dated for, for, for a couple of years, and then he, he wanted to get married, and, and I was okay with that. We picked out a ring, and uh, we um, started our family life. Uh, we moved, our first apartment was in uh, 
Lindenwald, New Jersey. So we had a little apartment there. And, no, that wasn't the first place. Our first place was Upper Darby. We moved to Upper Darby, Pennsylvania, and we had our little apartment, and we started making a home. We didn't have anything fancy, any big furniture or anything, but we had a little, um, I don't know what that thing was called, a futon or something we had. But we were both working, um, and we were just starting to, to, to make our home. Now, what I do recall about that little apartment is we had a little drawer that we used to put spare money in. And we always had a little money in there, and so if, it, if, we ever, if we ever needed anything, there was a little money in that drawer, and we could just go get it and do whatever we needed to do. So we did that for, I, you know, I kind of lost track of time when we were when all this was going on, so I'm not really even sure how long we stayed at that apartment. Um, but after a while, um, we got this call that, um, that my mom, who was going to be moving to Cleveland, to take care of her sister, she asked us if we would come take over the house, the house that I had grown up in, and we were going to move back into the home. We thought it was a good idea. You know, we would move back home and um, we would save some money for a house. And uh, so we proceeded to pack up and, and we moved from Upper Darby to um, New Jersey. I think I'm getting ahead of myself. But before we moved back to Philly, we had also moved to New Jersey, so we stayed there for a little while. I'm just going to back up a little bit, but when we were in New Jersey, um, I noticed, I don't know, I guess this was my first sight of knowing that there may be um, alcohol or other substances coming into our home, but I really didn't, it didn't really phase me at the time. I, I only seen it once, and um, I kind of disregarded it as, as anything that would be a problem. Because I always thought that he was, you know, a smart guy, and, and he would know how to handle these things. But just to move ahead again, I'm going to we now move back to our home in West Philly, my mother's home in, in West Philly. And like I said, we thought it was a good idea. We were going to save some money and then um, start all over. Uh, but what happened was when we moved back to that home, um, all our old friends were there, all our old friends from high school, old friends from the neighborhood. Um, so we just kind of basically picked up where we left off. I would sit down on the porch with my... Um, with my, my, my girlfriends, and we would sit for hours on the porch. And by this time, I actually had a, a, we had a son by this time, and, and um, he was a little guy at the time, and uh, we just kind of lavished him with all sorts of things, and, um, and we, we called him Paco at the time, and that was Paco. And, and uh, so we, we started rebuilding at another home back at my mom's house. Um, like I said, all the old friends were there. Um, a lot of times I found myself sitting on the porch with a girlfriend, um, and I, I remember a friend of mine one time, as, as things were starting to change, I would sit outside with her and I would say to her, I think I'm going crazy. And I couldn't really tell why I was going crazy, but I noticed that things were starting to change. Um, I wasn't as happy as I thought I should be. Um, I was going to work every day and taking care of this little boy. And um, just, things just wasn't right, you know, and I, I couldn't, really couldn't pinpoint what was going on. Um, but come to find out, um, I was pregnant. I was like, oh, how, how did that, where did that come from? You know, I was really surprised. <laughs> I, I, was, I was pregnant, and, um, and then I was also sick all the time. Like, why am I sick all the time? Um, and what was going on, I had started to, you know, day after day, I'm going to work and trying to pretend like things are normal, but still not quite feeling like things were like I thought they should be. Um, like again, I was sitting with my girlfriend, and I would tell her I was crazy. And one day I left work, 
And um, I, I would come home. As, as I would leave work, I would get to the corner of my street, and I would get physically sick as I was approaching my house. Um, and this was going on and on and on, and, and I wound up having to go to the doctor to find out what was going on. And after several visits, my primary doctor wound up sending me to a gastroenterologist because I was, was physically sick. Um, it turns out that I had developed ulcerative colitis while I was pregnant, um, very stressed out. Um, I would come home after work, and um, on Fridays, specifically Fridays, I would come home and I would start cleaning the house. I would move all the furniture, get out my bucket and mop, start washing the walls and the woodwork and all the ashtrays, and that's basically how I spent every Friday for who knows how long I did that. Just busy, just busying myself and trying to be normal. Um, but while this was going on, I was losing a, a tremendous amount of weight. You know, my weight was dropping off. I'm now carrying this baby, and um, things is just not going well. Um, one day, I um, decided to pick up the phone, and um, I called uh, Women in Transition um, and called them, and they wanted to know, you know, if I had a roof over my head, was I being abused, um, told them none of those things was going on, and they really weren't able to help me because I really didn't have anything to give them at the time. Um, I only thing I could say was um, I needed some help, but I didn't know what I was looking for. Um, there were several, by this time, I guess I was about five months pregnant or so, and um, um, I, I continued to um, go to my doctors. Um, now, now I'm taking medicine. Now I'm pregnant, and I'm still trying to find out what's going on with the alcoholic. Um, and at that time, I didn't know it was alcoholic. I just knew we had a lot of friends. I knew he was gone a lot. I knew I was spending a lot of time on the porch with my friends. I knew I had this little baby. And I knew that um, I was not happy. So every now and then I would say to him, are you happy? And he would say, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So I didn't want to make any waves. So I would say, okay, you know, we, we must be happy then. He says he's happy. <laughs> so um, I, I really wasn't sure what to do. Uh, so one day I came home from work. And um, I don't know, again, I'm, as I approach my home, I'm sick again. And I remember telling my mother, I think the house is making me sick. <laughs> physically sick. I think the house is making me physically sick. And um, of course that sounded crazy. That really sounded crazy. Because so, I, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, but again, we weren't, we weren't really conversing about anything important. He was working. I was still working. I'm still doing my thing. Um, and I, um, one day I left the... While I'm cleaning up, I noticed this $7.50 um, rebate check that he didn't put in the bank. And I kind of went off. I just went off, and the next thing you know, I'm flailing my arms at him, fighting him, you know, over this $7.50 rebate check that didn't get put in the bank. So he did what he always did, and he just left. You know, so um, now I'm pregnant and still not understanding why I'm feeling this way. Um, so I... Um, Again, time just passed. I did my usual. Um, still trying to pretend like things are normal. And I remember asking him again, you know, was he happy with, with, what, what, with where we were? And again, he said he was, you know, he was comfortable. He was happy. And, and, and again, we didn't spend a whole lot of time together because of his shift, the shift that he was on. 
Um, so again, I, I, I'm, something's going on with me. I don't know what it is. I, um, one day I came home from work, and we had a library at the corner of our street. And it said, free counseling. And I said, oh, good. I'm going to go in, and I'll stop in and get some free counseling. So I stopped off at the library that night, and um, I just poured my heart out to this person. She must have been just a student, I guess. <laughs> so um, I'm telling her what's going on, and really not having a whole lot of details, never really defining it to any substances or any drinking or anything, never, never even defining it as that. Just, I'm going crazy. I just kept telling her I'm going crazy. So what she told me, she said, you're not crazy. She said, the people who aren't coming here, those are the crazy ones. And I was like, oh, all right, well, that must mean I, I must be okay then. <laughs> so um, still, still trying to search, find out what's going on. Um, so because I went into that library that day and really didn't get what I needed, I started hanging out in the psychology section of the library. So now I'm going to start reading. I'm going to start reading these books, and I start picking up all these books of um, how to fix me, how to find out what's going on. Why am I feeling like I'm feeling? What's going on? Um, why do I not feel close? Why do I not feel comforted? Why do I, you know, just, just all these whys. So I picked up this book one day, and it said, uh, Looking Out for Number One. That was the name, that was the title of the book. So after reading this book, I, I determined that, um, that I needed to be tough. You know, from that book, I needed to be tough, needed to be strong. I needed to be able to stand my ground and really be able to, you know, lay the law down. You know, that, that, that was what I got from that book. Now, I know that wasn't the intentions of that book, but that, that's what I got from it. Because I didn't like the kind of person I had become. I literally had, um, I used to wear this scarf around my head, you know, so I was kind of hiding, hiding from people. So I'd wear this scarf around my head. And all of a sudden, all my clothes started being, being brown. I was in brown. I was in brown phase, and, and I was hiding myself, and, and I was losing all this weight, and I was looking at myself in the mirror and feeling terrible. Um, and I, I don't know how long, again, I lost track of time. I'm not sure how long I, I went through that, but I'm still searching for, for something. Um, and it was interesting because when all this was going on, I never thought that maybe I should go to church. You know, I knew about church. You know, as a kid, I knew about going to church. But it never, never dawned on me. I'd rather sit on the step and talk with my girlfriends, you know, and tell them, you know, I'm going crazy. So, so that's kind of how I got my, my help from my girlfriends. And, of course, they would say, you know, one girl would say, are you sitting on the porch waiting for him again? And, yeah, I was waiting for him again. You know, that's what I did. I took care of the kids. I went to work. And I sat on the porch and I waited for him. Um, so I don't know how long that went on. Um, so af after, you know, reading that book and figuring out that I needed to be strong and needed to be tough, I, um, I, um, where, where, let me say, where am I? Reading that book and, like I said, deciding that I needed to be tough and strong, I guess I started, I guess I, I guess my disease started kicking in by this time and I started going through his stuff. I started going through his stuff and, you know, just looking for stuff, you know, wandering around the house and, just looking for stuff to piss me off, and of course, I always, I always, I always found stuff to piss me off. Um, but, but you know, that that was normal. Yeah, that's what you did when things weren't going wrong, going right. You looked for evidence. You know, I had to find something. So, um, basically, that's what I did. Um, and and I, I guess I wasn't. You know, I was different. You know, I, I had changed. You know. I don't think I had seen a Jerry Lewis movie in a while. I hadn't laughed, and I wasn't sleeping like I should. 
Um, and then I, um, I hated them, you know. And I used to think of ways to get rid of them, you know. Um, I would um, stand in the kitchen and I would wash and clean up. And, and I would think, maybe if I had some, like, rat poison or something. I would think. <laughs> now, I don't know where that came from, but... Um, <laughs> It, it, did, it did cross my mind, but it was gone so often, and I, I guess the time wasn't right. I guess the time wasn't right, and I knew I wouldn't be able to pull that off, but, but it crossed my mind. It, it, did, it did. It really did cross my mind, and uh, of course now I've got, I've got this son, and, and now I'm pregnant with this with daughter, and, and so now, um, and, and, and I was always trying to find us something for us to do. I remember that I, I signed us up to take CPR courses. Um, he, he wanted no part of that. You know, I wound up taking the class by myself, um, and, and, and we just couldn't seem to connect. We just couldn't seem to connect. You know, he, he always had something to do, whether it was working. Um, I always had something to do, whether it was my cleaning or, or trying to figure out the best way to, to do something, um, but nothing was really working. And again, I'm sick now. I've got, I've got ulcerative colitis. Um, I've got these visits to my, my gastroenterologist, and I've lost all this weight. And, and, and I'm hiding myself, you know, hiding myself behind the scarf. And I'm, I'm trying to blend in with my brown clothes. So I'm just really just trying to, trying to disappear. Um, and like I said, I don't know how long this went on. Um, but after a while, um, you know, as we were getting closer to the baby, I remember I had this, uh, the house that we lived in had a, um, a brown banister, a banister that, that led up to upstairs. And I remember one day he painted the banister and he painted it white. And, you know, white seems like a, a pretty good, you know, color to, to use. But I went behind him, and I painted it back brown. <laughs> <laughs> and without, without really saying anything, I guess I was really saying, you can't do anything right. I think that's what I was really saying. You can't do anything right. And how come you couldn't do something as simple as just paint the banister? So I went back and I painted it behind him. Now, I didn't say those things to him. It was just my actions. My actions were really starting to change. And I was doing things that uh, was so against my character. Um, I, ha I had become somebody else. Um, and then one day he said to me, um, this is not my house. And after, after several things that had gone on, he said, this is not my house. And um, I said, yeah, you're right, you know, because I had rules. You know, I has, the house had to stay like it was when my mom was there. I had to make sure it was clean all the time. I cleaned out all the ashtrays. He'd come in and dirty up all the ashtrays. So I was just like, I was a, a nutcase trying to keep this house like it was when my mom left it. Um, so we decided that we were going to move, take that geographical move. And so we moved to another part of, of Philadelphia, Mount Airy section of Philadelphia, and we got our first house. So we, you know, we were pretty excited. You know, we had two children by this time, and I can't say that we were on the, the path of anything. We were just moving. We just moved, and we were just going to do whatever we needed to do. But nothing had changed. You know, there were all new friends at the new neighborhood. I found a neighbor next door, and I would hang out with her, sit out with her. She would help me with the kids. And um, she had her own kids, so we, I found another, another friend that I could sit and gripe to. You know, we could now, I could now tell her all that was going on. Um, and again, the, um, the alcoholic in my life, he was, he was still working. Um, he had some shift work hours, but a lot of times um, he was just gone. 
And I, um, still doing what I needed to do, I had two kids, and I decided I was going to take on another project. So I decided to um, strip the banisters from the downstairs and the upstairs. I, I was going to do it all. All these banisters, I was going to take all the brown paint off, bring out the natural wood. So that was my project. You know, I would, I would come home from work, get the kids ready, you know, do homework, do dishes, you know, get baths, and then I would start working on these banisters. You know, I would start stripping, you know, and I would, like, gouge and gouge and gouge and gouge and I was working my way up the steps and um, I tried to get them to participate in this project but no parts of this project didn't want anything to do with that but that was my project you know and I'd come home and I'd start stripping you know and I was very detailed I'm very detailed so every little crack and crevice I had to get in and it took I don't know how long that project took but I eventually finished all the banister. It took a while. But I guess, you know, I'm still crazy. He's still out there doing his thing. And now at this time, I think, I don't know if it was decided, but we eventually decided to, to split up the house. You know, he had the basement and the garage, and I had the rest of the house. <laughs> now, we, we never decided on that. That's just kind of what had happened, you know. And I used to walk around the house and I'd get to the basement steps and I would just listen. <laughs> and I was always listening and walking around and listening. And of course, if I walked down too many steps of the basement, then he'd stand there like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I could never really pinpoint what was going on. And also, um, around this time, he had started to carry a, a flask. And um, I didn't really, I don't know, I, I kind of liked the flask. It was a nice one. It was clean, and it was, it was, it was, it was a little thing, and it, it was a nice, it was a nice flask. So I thought it was kind of cool, but you know, who knows? But um, it, it was all about appearance, and it had to be clean, it had to be clean. And it wasn't like it was a, a brown paper bag or anything. So you know, I was okay with the flask. Um, but still, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm listening and walking around and, and listening for stuff. Um, but still, again, never determining what's, what's going on. Um, you know, I guess this kind of all came full circle, what was going on when uh, one Sunday I, um, I don't know, I guess I had decided I had enough. And it was raining, and he came in, and I decided that I'm just leaving. You know, so I left him, just started walking, left him with the kids, and I just started walking. It was Sunday, it was raining, and I had no idea where I was going. I'm just walking. Walking through town, and I really didn't know a whole lot of people because I was walking way past my house. He said I walked about two miles, but I didn't even realize where I was going. Um, so I wound up at a high school friend's house, and um, I remember telling her, you know, what was going on. I've had enough, you know, and, and this has got to stop. So I sat there with her a couple hours, and then she took me back home. So when she took me back home, um, he decided that he had made this call to, uh, to go into rehab or whatever it was. I didn't know anything about rehabs. But he made this call, and when he told me about it, I said to him, maybe it's not that bad. <laughs> and I don't even know where those words came from. Maybe it's not that bad. But it was that bad. You know, I, I, was, I was sickly. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't there physically or mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Um, but that was my answer to what he had decided to do. 
Um, so you know, next thing you know, we're, um, I guess he's making all the plans, and uh, we have to take him up to um, the place that he was going to go into for, for 28 days. Um, so he and his mom, um, I think your mom was with us, went, went up there. We took him up to that facility, and we dropped him off. And, gosh, when I got back home, uh, because up until this point, I was kind of walking around in this, this gray haze, you know. Like I said, I was brown, literally. I was brown. Everything was brown and gray, and I was just, I was just not seeing very clearly. So when we dropped him off at this rehab and I came back home, all of a sudden the lights came on. It was like, and I, could, I remember seeing these green curtains that came with the house. They were, they, they, they came with the house. The curtains were there. And um, I remember noticing that they were green. And I, know, I realized that I didn't like those green curtains. You know. So I was going to start doing something about that. But he was gone. So now my life could begin. He was gone. And I remember just, I just had a smile on my face. I was just glad he was gone. I don't know. I was just, <laughs> I, I could see colors again. And I was just glad he was gone. And I was, it was only 28 days, but, but he was there. And, but, but I'm still crazy, you know, things are still not, not like they're supposed to be. And, and I didn't tell the kids that, the, that he was gone, um, because he was gone a lot anyway, so I didn't even mention it to the kids. But, <laughs> but, but whenever the phone would ring, I would make a mad dash to the phone so the kids wouldn't get it. So I'm still crazy, you know, the phone would ring, and I had to run to the phone before the kids could get to it. And, um, I don't know, I, I guess I did that the whole month, you know, but, the kids never mentioned it, and I don't even know. I, don't, I just don't recall how we got through those 28 days without saying anything to the kids, but we didn't. My, my son probably was about eight at the time, and my daughter might have been around maybe two, two or three. So I just did mention it, but he was gone. Um, so um, I guess life could begin now. You know, he was gone, and uh, we, would, we would take these trips. They didn't allow me to call him. But I kind of remember writing this letter to him one day, and it was, uh, I don't think it was the best letter, but I remember writing it because I found out that he read it in, in group, the letter that I wrote. <laughs> so I, um, I'm not even sure what I said in that letter, but I remember when I, when I was able to go visit, um, he was at a really nice place, and, and I, as we drove up, he was on these sprawling grounds and greens, and I said he was on vacation. He was on vacation. You know, I would get up there and I'd be pissed off because he was, he was at this really nice place resting and, and I was home. And I remember kind of in my peripheral vision seeing this pile of papers in my dining room, not really knowing, you know, not getting to it, just too busy to get to anything. But, you know, still pissed off. You know, he's up there resting and, I, and I've got all this stuff i got to deal with. So um, after that time, you know, we went, eventually he spent that time up there, and I, um, at one point I had two jobs, I was trying to do two jobs while, while, you know, while he was busy, I don't know what he was doing, but I had a lot going on, and, and I, was, I was starting to get more active with work, because they were giving me more to do, um, but um, I was just trying to keep it all together, just trying to, just doing it all, and um, still not feeling like I wanted to feel. Um, so next thing you know, it's time for him to come home. The 28 days are up, and I hear that he's got to do 90 and 90 meetings. So um, I start checking it off on the calendar every day. Every day, I'm, I'm counting up to 90. 
and uh, because once we get to 90, he is really going to hear from me. <laughs> so I am checking this off on the calendar, just waiting for 90 days to come. But um, I guess as we got closer to that 90 days, um, he wound up taking me to uh, an anniversary, an AAL anniversary, and I wound up sitting there with, um, I didn't know anybody, but I sat next to this woman who, um, I don't know, I just started dumping again, just started telling her all this stuff that was going on. And she was just nod there, and, and she understood, and I could tell she really understood what was going on. And um, I, 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 I don't know, I just got so much from that meeting, that first, that first anniversary hearing. I heard an A speaker, I heard an Alan speaker, and and, you know, I kind of thought that that was the end of it. That was it. Because I was so, I was just so hopeless. You know, my life was just always going to be miserable. And if, whenever I could sit and talk with somebody, I was just going to complain about what was going on. So I just kind of got used to, you know, that's how it's going to be. So after sitting at this anniversary and, and I guess getting a taste of, of uh, people in recovery, um, but I, again, I didn't really think much of it. That was a one-time event. And that was the end of it. Um, so anyway, after that, my husband told me that he was going to take me, he wanted me to go to an Al-Anon meeting because I got this call from the rehab. The rehab suggested that I go. I got this call one night from the rehab, and they said, um, I think it might be a good idea if you go to Al-Anon. And I was like, well, what, what is that? You know, And why do I need to go anywhere? I'm fine. You know, <laughs> he, He's up there with you, so what do I, why do I have to do anything? So that, that's how I got the call to, to go with al -Anon. So he decided he was going to take me to my um, first meeting. Okay, so yeah, now I'm going to this meeting. You know, he takes me there, and, and I think we're, we're greeted by this very happy person. And um, I'm happy, too. I'm thinking I'm happy anyway. So I'm going to this first meeting, and we, we, um, we, we go inside. The meeting starts, and um, everybody goes around the room and says their names. Uh, but when it came my, came my time to say my name, I said his name. I said his yeah. name. And um, I, said, I said that um, this, is, this is my husband, and he has not missed any meetings except to take me to this one. And one lady said, she said, well, if he leaves now, he still won't miss any. <laughs> They asked me to leave that meeting, so um, so I, I stayed. I stayed at that meeting, and I was so glad I stayed because it was like, you know, all that searching I had done. You know, this was you know I had found what I was looking for. These people knew what I was going through. They 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 helped me see see my part in all this, and and I learned about the disease of alcoholism. You know, and you know, what a concept to to learn that what I was going to and that I was affected by someone else's drinking. Um, I didn't know that. Um, so, you know, so I continued to go to that meeting. It was my Thursday group. And um, we used the 12 and 12, 12 Steps, 12 Traditions. Everybody had that book. Um, we, we used that book for our, our meetings every week. And um, I learned about that. I learned about the disease of alcoholism. I learned I didn't cause it. I couldn't cure it, and I couldn't control it. And I also learned about, you know, my parts in some of that, too. You know, it, it took a while for me to realize that, um, that I was changing, and I was affected. You know, I was affected by that, you know. And, and, and as I say now, I say, we were both going down the tubes. You know, how, how could that happen? We were both so highly educated, I thought. <laughs> Not really, but we both, I thought we both would be able to, to 
I guess I guess I don't know. I guess I thought that we were too smart for this to happen. You know, because I I, I was really a hard worker, you know, and I, I knew right from wrong and I knew the you know, I knew all the stuff to do when things were you know, I could fix anything and I, I was just I could do it, you know, I could take care of that. Um, but this was bigger than me. You know, my sponsor would remind me, this was bigger than you. And um, I kind of use that today because there, there are a lot of things that are bigger than me that, you know, I have to step back and say, I can't do anything about this, you know, but I can only do my part. Um, so, so I love that group. That was my, my very first home group. Um, and we were very active. You know, traditionally we did what we were supposed to do. We, we, we took our commitments. Um, we, we went out to, we, we, we carried a message of hope. And that was basically, that was the only message I had to give at that time was a message of hope. And I didn't even really realize that I had a story, you know. Uh, but I had a story of hope and people, people would listen, people would understand, just like, just like when I went to that first meeting. Um, and, and I learned about my relationships. And we t when, when I talk about the traditions in that respect, I learned about my relationships with other people. Um, relationships and how I how I carried a message, how I carried that message in my home, how I how I inter interacted with my my family, my, my husband, my children, how I interacted, and um, I learned a lot at that meeting, um, and that was my home group. That was my home group, and and I love that home group. Um, that that home group got me interested in service um, right away. You know, we immediately you know no no sitting around. You got that key right away, and and you got that you know you knew what to do. And I remember my first time I had to, um, first time I got the key, it was on, it was for the month of November. And so we got the key for the whole month. So mine, mine was Thursday, and Thursday happened to be Thanksgiving. So I got to go off to my meeting, got that key in my hand. I got to make sure somebody's out there. So um, I went to that meeting on Thursday. Nobody showed up, but I was there. So I knew right away, you know, this is what traditionally our group has committed to do. And um, like I said, I love that group. Um, but that group got me interested in service right away. They wouldn't let me stop. Even when we moved to um, Delaware. Moved to Delaware and, um, you know, he, he wanted to move. You know, we, we, we had done a lot of service work with people, met a tremendous amount of people, made, you made great relationships. We were able, able to travel, all our traveling, you know, conventions, you know, weekends, convention weekends, we were able to, to see some major things. We talk about seeing things beyond our wildest dreams, and we were able to, to do that with a lot of, a lot of maybe major people. Um, so, um, wow, a really important part of my life was developed um, from that from that group. Um, so we moved off to Delaware. Uh, now, I'm, I'm starting fresh now. Got to find another another home group, so I'm searching around for a group, and um, went to one meeting, and I remember calling my sponsor and saying, nobody spoke to me in my meeting. <laughs> And she said, well, did you speak to them? <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, I guess I can do that. So um, I said, but I'm the new people, I'm the new person. They should know that. But no, they didn't know that I was a new person. But um, so we're working on it. Make sure that we welcome people when they come into our rooms, if they're new. So, um, But at the time, you know, I came in there. I wanted my meeting, this meeting to be exactly like my other meeting. So I figured they should know right away, you know, that I'm the new person. But... Um, they're all new, just like me. A lot of people come into those rooms, they're just scared as I am. And um, so I went back to that group, and I went back to other groups. And um, I made a home group, and I made another home group. Not another home group. I, made another, I picked up another meeting on Fridays. My home group is Tuesday Cedars, but I picked up another meeting on Fridays. And um, 
it, it's interesting because when we were in Philadelphia, um, my Thursday meeting was, you know, I couldn't wait for my Thursday meeting. But then I also picked up another meeting on Sunday when I was in Philadelphia. And to do this, I remember people at my, the, the long timers at my group would say, um, get to know your neighbors. If you, know, if you need a babysitter, get to know your neighbors. So I, I went out, learned my neighbor, met my neighbor next door. She had a 16-year-old, and I would let her watch my daughter for me. She said she could watch my daughter. So I was able to pick up another meeting by just getting out there, meeting people, and not kind of isolating myself so much. Um, but when I went to the Sunday meeting, I had to make sure that everything was okay before I left. You know, so I'd make sure dinner was made, I'd make sure the kids was okay, I'd make sure the homework was done. And then I could ease on out for my Sunday meeting and without having any guilt, you know, of, of, that I was leaving anything. And because for such a long time I had this nagging thing going on in my stomach that was making me physically ill. And I remember hearing somebody say that if you're carrying a resentment, she said, she said, get rid of it because it'll eat you up inside. And that's what was happening to me. I was literally being eaten up inside by what was going on in my head. And so I really had to learn um, a lot from this fellowship. And I was just so receptive to all of it. I wanted to learn it all. And um, I, I got what I needed. And I continue to get what I needed. That's why I keep coming back. Um, but we moved to Delaware. And now I'm starting with a new, a new home group, new group of friends. And... And I, I continue to get involved in service. As a matter of fact, one of the things we do is our, is our convention every year. And I remember getting, getting the, the, the registration form from a friend in Philadelphia to tell me about this convention in Delaware. So I get this convention flyer in the mail. She says, you go to this. I said, oh, I'm not going to know anybody. What do I do? So I filled it out, but I didn't mail it right away. So I filled it out. Then I mailed it, and I eventually wound up going to this convention by myself. It was an online convention and um, meeting another host of great people. Um, and from that, people from Philadelphia said, get involved. So I got involved. I, I hung around, I got on committees, um, volunteered to speak, reluctantly, but I, I did these things. They said, say, say yes when you can. And I did say yes when I could. Um, so I, I stayed active. Um, we had elections, you know, I, and I went through, the, the, I became GR, uh, went up to, um, then I became DR, uh, was fortunate enough to become delegate and represent the state of Delaware. And that was kind of an awesome, you know, that was an awesome adventure too. And I said awesome again. But um, my daughter, and of course I got there and I was a nervous wreck and, and scared. But again, another host of people who understood what, what I had gone through. and. Um, I have all those memories to carry with me. And I remember one time saying to, um, to my husband, I said, how did we get through all that? And he said, by the grace of God. And I was like, wow. Because when I look back to um, how I felt, what was going on, and I, I just couldn't believe I got through that without, without killing myself. And, and, and I had thought of that too. Well, another thing, like where did that come from? Um, but... Um, we got through it with the grace of God, a lot of friends, this fellowship um, program, um, at 12 and 12, and um, a lot of people and family and just everybody who told us that, um, we, were, that we were chosen for this path. And um, I kind of believe that. We were chosen for this path. So um, that's all I'm going to share, and thanks for having me. All right.